0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Rouge Rugby podcast. I'm Sue Hardy joined as always by Derek Brissett. Derek, there's a lot of rugby this weekend but unfortunately no Arrows. What else did you do to occupy your time?
1: No, I, I still just watch rugby. It's uh there's a uh, a whole a whole game there, There's a happened. whole
0: 80 Yeah, but there was a whole 80 minutes which is normally for, reserved for the Arrows that uh was now available to you. So
1: no, because it was a full six game schedule. So it's like the same 80 minutes.
0: It's just allotted to watching two different teams. That's all. Yeah, six games played. But didn't you mention about uh, wanting to watch the Batman? Did you get around to that? Yeah, no, I didn't do that. Did not do that. Um, I've Too heard much it's repeat. good.
1: I've heard it's good though. I haven't I haven't seen it yet though. So I've I don't
0: know. Did you go see it? What did you what did you do with the arrows by week? What did you do? Uh, I looked uh, morningly out of a window, waiting for the Arrows to uh, come back and uh, have to just wait another week. And speaking wow. of the Arrows not playing uh, for a week, this is normally the time where we would be talking about the Arrows' uh, latest endeavors and how well they played and what they need to improve on. But So join us for an in-depth
1: discussion on who had the best Bahamas beach Instagram photos. That's what well, we're to be already, honest, right?
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, Sam Malcolm had good photos, and then Brody say- had a few. Yeah. Uh, Sheridan had a few thrown in. I think Mirez was leading, you know, top score what? was going to have top photos as well.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, let, let's, let, what's better, the, the Bahamas beach trip or the skiing trip? It looks like some guys went skiing. Some guys went to the beach, two very different temperatures, very different themed activities.
0: Yeah, I, if I'm... Which one would you rather? Which one? Which, how would you spend your bye week? what, do you, what do you well, seeing, well, seeing as we are in Canada and Toronto still has snow, I'd much prefer the sunny, warm beaches of the Bahamas than a uh, ski trip. But that's just me. What about you? Would you prefer the beaches or yeah? No, I would go. Strangers? I would go,
1: I think I would go ski trip. I think I would go ski trip, man. It's a. Uh, I I like. I think we all we all kind of like make fun of the snow and stuff sometimes. But the snow snow's nice. You can do some fun stuff in the snow that you can't really do. Um, well, else well, think
0: about it. it. Of the of the four guys that went to the Bahamas, three of them are from the Southern Hemisphere. This time of year is meant to be their summer, going into their fall or autumn. And Johnny Sheridan as well. So you know they were like, I've got to got to get back into uh, the warm climates. Got to get I mean, used I, to. There's, uh, there's some Southern again.
1: Hemisphere guys on that ski trip, from the looks of it,
0: too. Well, so. no, that's. I uh, also also saw. Uh, I think Kyle Bailey went to Mexico. But I think that was more of a just him, not him and the lads kind of thing.
1: Is this borderline on kind of creepy? Like, is it kind of creepy that we know this? We follow too many athletes on Instagram.
0: It's kind of, Uh, I think it is. I think we should focus more on the games that actually happened. Yeah, just getting everyone was able to watch. Yeah. So we did have a few games. um, The arrows weren't involved in them. But, you know, nonetheless, starting on the Friday, we had Seattle versus Nula. And, you know, it seems that the, crack in the seawall seems to be continuing on because nola were you know basically doing a death by penalties uh, throughout the game um however seattle were able to get back into it there were some fantastic tries scored by um the Seawolves, but it was the boot of nola that made all the difference in the end with the final score being seattle 24 nola 25 now this kicked off at 10:30. So you can excuse uh, any fans on the east coast um, not staying awake until the end or going out. You really don't enjoy staying up late, do you? No, I. I'm one of. The, well, this is the thing. I'm so used to waking up early to get ready to watch like Six Nations rugby or European rugby that I'm not a fan of staying up late unless the arrows are playing. Then I'll make an exception. No, because you, you complained about that too. You complained about that too. You're, you're also forgetting I'm British I complain about everything so yeah, you what, do. You do. even that's when everything goes right I still find something to complain about so Derek yeah, what do you I've, make noticed, I've noticed I've noticed you the the arrows have won they played
1: terribly that's your whole that's your whole like personality on the show
0: all right right let's focus on the game that actually happened okay so Seattle should have won this game right yeah 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 so, oh, so Seattle shouldn't have committed so many penalties if that's what you mean yeah well
1: I mean yes. Yeah, Seattle. Like, I mean, obviously, the penalty counts a little high. Some of them are kind of iffy, Um, but hey, but I mean, you got to play to the ref, right? So sometimes, yeah. so they needed to like, you're down by one. You have the ball like 15 meters in front of the post. Like, do you need to try a drop goal? Now, I know, I know that the ar- ar- argument to it is like Alatimu was on the bench because he got re- t- he was out of the game at this point, but. Like it still seems like it's like that's the prime position to attempt a drop goal from. Yeah. And like I don't know, maybe like and if if you don't have anyone that can do it, you should probably I don't know, maybe get some more BIs that know how to do that.
0: We should I always know, have like, at it least seems, two it seems two like this the uh sorry. You should always have two guys, one who's in the starting lineup and the other one who's on the bench who can or two guys in the starting or something. It just it
1: seems like one of those. I don't know. It just seemed like a situation where it's like, like, I mean, I guess every every play in rugby, I guess every every play in rugby, every coaching decision, every player decision in rugby is gonna have like pros and cons, right? The con to attempting a drop goal is obviously that you could miss, but the con to also continuing to try to run, run with the ball, get through you know the defense. The con to that is obviously that you know, Devin Short can show up and steal the ball. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, if Seattle scores doing that, we're not complaining about going for a drop goal, but it is an interesting question of like, you know what I mean? Because it seemed like once they got that turnover at the end of the, at the end there to actually even just set them up there, they, you know, it kind of seemed like, cause especially like they were doing so many like pick and goes, you know, just the balls going to the forward, trying to crash through that no line, but they were all doing it, like, right in front of the post, which just seemed like an optimal position to do it. Um, but like I like, like I said, though, it's like al was, was obviously on the bench, so maybe there was a personnel reason why they didn't go for it. It just seemed like such an ideal situation to do it, though. Last play of the game, down by one. Um, Seattle only had two tries, so it's not like you're going to get a bonus point out of it. If you, you know, if you're going for that try, right. Um, but, but yeah, I think, so it, it is, it is interesting. Like, I wonder, like, I don't know. It was like watching the game. I was kind of like, I'm surprised they're not trying one, but again, with Alatimu on the bench, then perhaps there, there wasn't a way to actually do it. Um, but yeah, obviously like Carl Mayer had a really nice night kick um, with the boot and, you know, like you kind of, there was, you know, quite a bit of penalties, but yeah, it's uh N- Nola ended up kind of, you know, kind of interesting and like they had such a poor start at home, but their first road game against a good team at home, um, you know, ends up going their way. So, you know, I uh, so it's like good. That's you know, good for Nola Gold. Um, Eric Howard kind of came off the bench. I thought he played well off the bench and um in relief of Pat Tool in this game. Um, you know, obviously the, uh, you know, the Canadian, Nakai Penny, um, I still think he's playing very well this season. He seems to be at at the vast majority of the breakdowns kind of wreaking havoc on that. He got replaced by Travis Larson for the last three minutes of the game too. So that kind of seems like a constant, um, you know, it's, you know, at least like Seattle constantly having like their Canadians kind of on the bench like that. Yeah. I thought, so, I mean, overall pretty good. Hmm. Uh, it was an entertaining game i think I, I think i i don't know i couldn't help but like watching it at the end i was just like that seems like a perfect spot for a drop goal but you know it's uh it is what it is it's a great play by devin short there's always that one there's always one like open side flank that can find a way to get his hands on the ball at a you know at the appropriate time there and you know nola even kind of went in with a little bit of a different setup too, having Cam Dolan go play in the second row for, for this mm-hmm. game. Right. So there was a, t- a little bit of a different setup for them, but you know, it kind of worked out well. So I wonder if they're going to keep that going forward considering they started the season. zero and three other Canadian, in this game, Reed Watkins didn't actually get into the game. Um, so. Yeah, that's disappointing. It, it, uh, he, maybe he could have hit the drop goal.
0: <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll never know now. Yeah, well exactly. done, Seawolves. I have no idea. Yeah. well, I know what I know what they're going to be working on for the next one. <laughs> uh, the next game uh, was Utah versus Dallas, and they announced in both their lineups that neither team would have a Canadian present. Um, it's a shame. So, so we put on the uh, La Rouge Twitter that you know maybe catch the highlights of this later, and I think Utah read that and took it personally. So they decided, all right, we're, we're going to make this a must-watch a must <laughs> game. And so the final score, Utah 69, Dallas 22. I mean, what else is there to say? This was the uh, first home game of the season for Utah, and you know, what a home game it was for all their fans. Uh, it seems to be the same story as always with Dallas, the um, defensive efforts. Just weren't there You know, you had um, ice tackles Or you had Utah being uh, Steamrolling over them And then you would have instances of um, Mika Kruse has his hands on the ball Good luck catching the dust cloud Behind him as he Marches over the line Yeah um, I wouldn't necessarily say
1: Like, I mean, obviously What is the score here? 69-22 Yeah congratulations to everybody that had the very clever nice joke on twitter um that clogged up the timelines for uh for a while there yeah so obviously about-
0: congratulating them on getting the highest yeah, score you know, they played and nice nothing game, else
1: yeah. that's it it's yeah so uh i think i agree though i think they did take your tweet there personally Stu, and decided to make all 80 minutes of this game a highlight reel um because yeah. that that's you know I, like it's one of those things that's like the highlights almost don't do it justice in a weird way. Um, I don't necessarily think, like, obviously Dallas, um, struggling this season. They yet to pick yeah. up a win. Um, slightly better than you, uh, than Old Glory DC in the sense that they actually have table points. But I think watching this game, it was like, it's not even so much if there's like a missed tackle here or there because, like, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, it's like. When you're tr- winning, like the whole point of the attack in rugby is to try to design something that's going to force the defense to make a mistake. Yeah, right. Like that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get guys to miss tackles or make make batteries or whatever. Your the attack is trying to create mistakes in the defense. That's how you score tries, right? And Utah's attack, when it clicks, is is tough to stop. And I think couple reasons. I think kind of looking in to what this scoreline kind of ended up being. One the Utah scrum Mm -hmm. dominated. Like it it looked it just it looked like like playing like I don't know, like they were playing like to a different level team.
0: Well the thing is is though that this is this is now like the second time that Dallas's scrum has been completely dominated by another team. Yeah. So the question may be, is it the fact that is it Utah is that strong or is it a case as Dallas just needs a lot of work on? Because if it, if it had only been Utah, if it would only been New York. It's both Utah and yeah. It's both. Oh, I mean, you, for one,
1: New York's got a good scrum too. But you got like a front row of Frankel Vandenberg, Chad Goff, and Paul Mullen. Mullen has twenty five eagle caps. Goff's got one. And Vandenberg is a South African prop who, um, you know, those guys tend to be pretty good. And, you know, if you have, and you have that, and then they have a good engine room as well. Um, Especially like in this game, they have a good engine room in Yuhila and Lane. And then the back row is also, and then the back row is also really good uh, with Williams, Wilson and Van Vuren. Like it's a Utah's yeah. got a good scrum, right? Dallas does not have a good scrum, but Clearly. Like, Utah Utah should be able to use their scrum in most games to create an advantage because they're good, because they are good, right? And they have like mm-hmm. guys like especially like the front the props up front, but like you kind of right versus like Dallas's scrum is relatively young right across no matter who they actually put in the lineup it's still like relatively young and especially at that front and roll position where that impact's going to happen and guys like Vandenberg Mullen and Goff can take advantage of uh you know can take advantage of that if your technique's not perfect right and I think we kind of saw that and then obviously like Nail Saunders in this game too just magic um I thought he was outstanding um he used like I mean, obviously there's like a couple of the highlight ones, the, uh, the kicks over the top to, uh, to Mika Cruze, where like Cruze is not even breaking stride to regather them. Yeah. Um, I thought that was going to be the nicest one. Of, I thought it was going to be the nicest try of the weekend. And then we watched the New York game. And because the New York game has a Canadian try that. Um, so I'm going to get yeah. to that one. We'll, we'll talk about way. that later. Yeah. Um, But I thought like, like so like Saunders doing a good job with kicking the ball like kicking over the top and like you know utilizing that play to not only create territory to not only turn around the Dallas defense but to actually like you know having it set up Cruze for some tries um was insane obviously he picked up a try on his own as well like and every, every time he seemed to put boot to ball something positive happened for the Utah Warriors and I mean, most things in this game were positive for the Utah Warriors. But then, you know, when Utah gets going to and they can work the ball like across the field a couple times, um, play the wide, expansive rugby, having guys like Teo out on the wing that you know can finish. Um, Clive and Lobster was out of, was outstanding with the boot too. Um, like, you know, just, you know, obviously with the conversions and stuff. But when you have guys like, you know, Teo and Cruze combined for um, – you know, five tries in this game, they're scoring all on the touchline on most of them. Tao was able to run one in a little bit closer, but it's like there's so many tries coming in on the touchline. Lobster was six out of eight. And uh McKiney when he replaced Lobster at the end, um, was two for two, right? Like, and then Lobster also added a penalty too. Like they're like, it's not even that they're scoring tries, it's like they're scoring tries, the kicks were accurate, it's like they were racking up points. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, it's one of those games, too, where it's like, I mean, as the scoreline indicates, like everything went right for you. Yeah, right. Like as the scoreline, is going to indicate everything went right for you. Um, I think if I'm a Jackals fan, I would only I think if I'm a Jackals fan, like I wouldn't dwell on it too much. I think you can kind of like if there is a negative on this game for the Warriors, it's kind of like toward the end of the game, it seemed like they might have let up a little bit. Like once they were like this game is won, um, yeah. Because obviously the the Jackals scored two really quick tries from Ned Hodson just two minutes apart, right? Um, Eric Napent uh, Naposki uh, looks pretty good, um, you know, first round pick, her first overall pick, right? So he's looking pretty good. I think you got. I think the Jackals still have have some players that can make an impact, but you know, it it is. I think we are kind of going to start to see as the league kind of grows with it's the Jackals, whether it's the next expansion team, that the expansion teams are going to be a little bit behind and are going to have to maybe take a year or two to build up into something. Um, so, I mean, obviously they're still kind of waiting on their, their first W, but like, I, I wouldn't put, I like, it's not that I would say like, you don't shouldn't put too much stock into this game, but I wouldn't like dwell on the fact that you just got, you were on the other end of, uh, you know, the record setting score just as, Everything just kind of seemed to go right for Utah, but they did some good things at the end of the game that I think you might be able to like kind of bottle and be like, if you focus on that going forward, it might give you something positive to think about too.
0: Yeah, it seems like at the moment it's going to be a long season for Dallas, Uh, not following the tradition of the new new boys in MLR.
1: You know what they need to do? They need to break out those like retro jerseys. Get the collars on. Yeah. Get the collars on,
0: get the hoops, get a W and go home. Yeah. Derek, do you know one of the funniest things about this um Utah's victory for me is?
1: Am I supposed to say, is it something like un, like obvious? Like the fact that we're all like uh, like we're all super immature and are gonna laugh at the number sixty nine mm-hmm. uh, No, so or this, is it like this, it,
0: this is what I find funny as in a ironic kind of sense of uh-huh. um so this is um like as we've mentioned before, the biggest win in MLR history, mm-hmm. the um hat trick by Mika Cruz, you know, ten tries, the most tries of any game, the full five point complement, and Utah are still sixth in the West.
1: Yeah, they started 0 <laughs> yeah. 3. Just because you scored sixty. 16- yeah. 10 tries and 69 <laughs> points doesn't erase three losses. It feels nice, but it doesn't get Yeah, it. Yeah, feel, it feels like, nice. You're still, you're still yeah. out to the
0: playoff spots at the moment.
1: You know, like, that—that that is kind of, like, the fun thing. I mean, that is kind of the funny thing, I guess, about sports or about rugby in, in general, though, is it's, like, you know, like, rugby obviously gives you a bonus point for, like, you know, scoring four a try, so anytime you can do that. So it's, like, maybe not every win is necessarily equal, but, like, you know, whether you win... 69 22, or you win. Like, I guess if you got to get the bonus points, so I'll give you uh, I'll give you 20. I won't even give you the conversions, or whether you win like 20 to 18, win's, yeah. the win's still worth the same,
0: yeah. Right? Um, well, and that's the thing so, is like, yeah, yeah, your points difference is significantly yeah. larger, but your points overall, I mean, it,
1: like, I guess the, pos- the positive thing, I guess, man, I mean, if, if anything ever comes down to a tiebreaker, you probably won. Never a bad thing to have a, a 47 point win under your belt either, right? So, yeah,
0: let's just hope the tiebreaker isn't between something like fourth or fifth place. I, I t- you, I mean,
1: tiebreakers tie helped Utah clin- clinch last year or whatever. And like, bon- well, I guess maybe not tiebreakers, they weren't tied, but like bonus points and stuff definitely helped Utah clinch. So, I mean, if they're going to start racking them, if Utah returns to their form where they're scoring, I mean, 10 tries is a little nuts, but. If Utah can return to their form like last year, when they're scoring like six, seven tries a game, like, that's uh, you know it's scary. It could be a team to look out for. The West is uh, the West is kind of packed.
0: Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Third game of the round, A had uh, Atlanta. were back from their bye week, and they were hosting Houston. Um, Houston got off to a very quick start by, was well, essentially a charge down of a pass. And because they were able to collect it, it wasn't considered a forward pass. And because they collected it in the try zone, were able to score a try, immediate seven-point lead, then to a 10-point lead. And then Atlanta were like, wait a minute, this is our house. We're going to make sure that we are getting in charge here. And yeah, incredibly intense opening first quarter of the game. Atlanta then were able to stretch a lead, but then Houston were able to claw back. The final score being Atlanta... 29, Houston, 22. So Houston, despite not getting the win, were able to get the losing bonus point, which obviously helped them come towards the end of the season. Atlanta, um, fantastic game. So, you know, a great um, great game for Atlanta, hmm. I have to say. I mean, obviously Matt Heaton getting the try was, you know, great for our perspective that not only a Canadian, but a Canadian captain was able to get the first try for his team on the board um yeah. but yeah as in like obviously a complete shock to start the game as in like oh you yeah think you're passing violent. coming out and then all of a sudden you're seven points down What is it going on
1: yeah also the i believe the word for a charge down of a pass is an interception because it, well
0: this is the, it's i mean technically he, caught, correct, he kind but, of he
1: bobbles it but he
0: catches it yeah that. that's an interception it's an yeah, inter- but not normally an interception is caught in the pass between players, not yeah, when did- you push it forward and then catch it. Yeah, well, if and you that- still catch it, it's not a knock-on, right? So it's- uh, anyway, anyway, commentators call a cross-field kick a kick pass. So oh, yeah, a little bit of additional
1: uh, Canadian content too. Gareth Reese on the uh, on the mic for this one too. So um
0: yeah, we, we always appreciate uh, Gareth Reese on the mic. He was there for. Uh, Toronto LA and now Atlanta Houston so
1: yeah exactly yeah. and um but like yeah so is that the fastest try in MLR history it's got to be right
0: yeah, it's, yeah definitely yeah. has to be uh we'll say this and then sometime between now and the end of the season or probably this coming weekend somebody's gonna someone's gonna kick it. yeah kick it wing it get caught and then first try within 10 seconds Yeah, it was all uh, looking well for Houston to get it started. And then it just fell apart for them, unfortunately. I think obviously having a yellow card in, what was it, like immediately after halftime, just let the uh, doors open. And uh, I mean, that said, um, all the tries for the um, Rattlesnakes came in the first half. And to be honest, their only real score was uh, De La Vega-Mendia's uh, penalty in the 53rd minute. So, yeah, it's, a, it's not like the worst thing that could have happened for Houston, but at the same time, you obviously want to have your full 15 on the field. No, yeah, And, for sure. and yeah, and then it was just the... Um, obviously, Nick Boyer got that try with like three minutes to play and they were... Um, able to get that losing bonus point, and they did go on again, and then it was eventually snuffed out by a knock-on, which eventually gave, which in turn gave Atlanta the victory. So, um, you know, I was um, coming back from a bye week, as it has been shown so far, has been uh, incredibly beneficial. To, uh, <laughs> hoping, hoping only for the best for Toronto this coming week. Okay, the fourth uh... game. Uh, I was just I was just gonna
1: say Povey got a little bit more time in this game too. He played like twenty minutes at the end. He missed the missed the conversion on Boyer's try, but um, you know it's uh, nice to see him slowly in a little bit more playing time, supposed to you know the start of the year.
0: Now we head to Texas for the fourth game of the round, and it was the Cocktail Classic. Austin Gilgronis hosting the L.A. Gilteenies. We had some records broken in this game. We had the oldest M.L.R. player to date. Uh, and actually because of a change in the lineup is actually the LA Guiltini's assistant coach, Oren Ie, who stepped up into the number 10 jersey uh, at 42 years, five months, and 10 days old, the oldest MLR player, and the oldest MLR point scorer because he kicked all of LA's points, uh, and this has been notified as well. Coincidentally, in the same game, Kahanu Koi made his debut for LA, and at 18 years, 8 months, and 15 days, Koi is the youngest player in MLR history, so the oldest and youngest on the same team in the same game. So this is an interesting thing that was pointed out by uh, James Dealey of MLR Stats. i.e., received the World Rugby Sevens Player of the Year Award for 2004 and 2005. That is the same year that Koi was born. <laughs>
1: Wow, there's guys that are born in 2005 in this league.
0: Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is like anytime they get to ages, and he's born like, oh, in
1: 2000. Oh my gosh he's born in 2005. I'm sure sh- I'm sorry, I cut you off there, but wh- I'm just shocked.
0: <laughs> that's the thing. Whenever whenever I'm looking at like players' date of birth and it's 2000 and it's like I'm got th- I'm sorry, two thousand and there's more. <laughs> Jeez, wow, let 2005? me break up the zimmer frame. that does does that
1: math check i'm trying to even he's eight wow yeah like what A you know like i mean it's it is one of those games where it's like yeah like you know what i mean like with, regardless of like the outcome and stuff of of either team like that's just kind of cool it, it's cool it's both cool and crazy that that happened in the same game
0: um, because I mean, I well, believe- I mean, it, the entire game was crazy. I mean, in yeah. the first half, this is the best had, game of the weekend, I think. Yeah, L- uh, LA was entirely in control in the first half, and I mean, Austin did get some breaks, but LA was able to, yeah, keep everything under control, keep the pressure on, force the penalties, mm-hmm. and it looked like it was going to be, you know, a similar result as last year, and then I don't know. What hair dries that Sam Harris has been keeping around, but clearly the hair dry treatment in a half time yeah. did the job. Yeah. Because, I- yeah, Austin then scored 22 unanswered points in the second half to so make the final score 22 9. There was another um, stat showing that between 2018 and 2020, Austin only scored, I'm uh, sorry, Austin only won. Four games in those three seasons. Yeah. They are now on a five match winning streak. Well,
1: yeah, I think like that's one of the things, like Austin is kind of becoming like a really great story this season, something to like to really to follow, right? Because you know, yeah. 2019, the last you no, know, 2019, like they're you know, they were the 0 and sixteen team, and now yeah. you know, 2020, 2021 is two three seasons later right or two seasons yeah three seasons later like you know they're the last remaining undefeated team in the league and which you know see how long this goes this could be a, a bit of a bit of a crazy story too yeah like the, the game obviously the game's nuts um Koi, like it's the, the, just a the build-up to the game too now, obviously coy in the lineup the whole time so we were going to get the uh the youngest mlr player um but I guess to see like what the broadcast was saying was that Luke Burton like got hurt in the warm-up. Um so to have um IE kind of come in, uh you know, to have IE come in and step up as the backs coach, which I guess isn't necessarily like I mean that's not the worst person you can have to kind of come in and fill in as a fly half on an emergency basis, right? A back school, yeah, so. You know, a guy that would know your system and stuff. And I mean, like he played super rugby. It's like it's just I guess the was it the last games that he played were for like the San Francisco rush in like yeah. pro rugby. Um, which is, that's so yeah, that's six years ago. Too. Yeah, that's wild too. Um pro rugby man, so uh that's this is like it's it, that's wild. I wonder how many um I'm sure there's quite a bit still that played pro rugby that are in MLR. Um but, yeah, so, like, that that's crazy. But that's not that you just said he's winning, a winning player of the year in the same year that a teammate is born is crazy. Um, but, yeah, and then he, like, started off the game playing pretty well, too. And, I mean, obviously, he went three for three from uh, from the boot, although, you know, so, some of those penalties were in very nice spots. So, that kind of worked out well. Um, but, yeah, it was, like, Austin had a hard time getting anything going. LA's defense was playing pretty well. Um, you know there was uh, there was some guys you know, some guys that were make, making life pretty difficult on them, and then you know the Austin Gilgronis kind of on their broadcast they showed um, they did like a little po- like halftime interview, and we we should talk about the uh, the Gilgronis broadcast here. I don't know if they're like using some like cameras that are like some inside the scrum kind of extra cameras or whatever. They seem to have like a like a couple extra like close up angles and stuff that other st- stadiums don't seem to be ha- utilizing. Um, So that was kind of interesting to see. Um, But like the halftime was interesting because they showed that interview with Sam Harris in which he looked pissed. Like he looked very unhappy with that half. Um, So, yeah, I don't know what he said. But I hope that's on any future inside the scrum seasons because that would be a delightful scene to watch, I'm sure. But they also kind of showed like in the like in the sheds during like between halftime, like some of the players talking about the game and like strategy and stuff, um, which is a cool, I thought was a really cool thing, little cool broadcast detail that'd be nice, like which I thought was super cool. So um, but then yeah, they come out guns blazing. Um, and then obviously Lawrence gets the first try just. Um, you know, fi- find finding the gap. That guy is massive for a scrum half too. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, finds a gap, speeds through it. He played great the whole game. Um, Mooneyham, I think, touched the ball twice and scored two tries.
0: Yeah, um, that might be a slight
1: live, that might be a slight exaggeration, but I think even the commentary team um remarks that I don't they don't think that he they said his name in the first half. Um, and then yeah, he scores two tries and both two great tries, too. And it's it's um Like, yeah, I don't like Austin seems like they're rolling right now. And even good sign from them too. like, you kind of, you know, come out a little flat at home and then, you know, go down, end up in the sheds down by nine at halftime and then come out and dominate the second half, put up 22 unanswered points, Um, you know, scoring three tries. And I always said, it's, you know, it's kind of crazy, like kind of looking back at last year, being like, they had a really good defense but couldn't score. And that defense for Austin is still really good, evidenced yeah. by the fact that they didn't give up a try to the LA Guiltinis, who yeah. are obviously a little injury riddled at the moment. But yeah, like i mean, is this the first time the Guiltinis have been held without a try? Now that I'm thinking about it. Without I, a try. Possibly. Yeah, they, they I, got I they got beat by New York when New York didn't score a try but But I think this is the first time LA hasn't scored a try in a game. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, so they were able to hold them without a try. So excellent, excellent D all around. And then, yeah, like this, this team, like guys like Mooneyham kind of keep developing and like, you know, you have like, you know, guys like Mooneyham kind of keep developing. It's like one like that. He's probably going to be an Eagle soon if he keeps playing like he's playing. Um, And then. But it's like Mooneyham, like Marcel Broch, like and Julian Dominguez, man, like they got some like legit scoring threats now. And it's like if you you can't get by that Mm -hmm. defense, and if they're if they're willing, if they're able to just like turn around and bang out like twenty-two unanswered points on you like that, then um, you know Austin's gonna be uh, Austin's gonna be a problem. the days of twenty nineteen are gone. The team, the team now should is elite. Yeah. They're they're elite now. It took them it took them a while to get to it. But um also I mean like yeah, like Austin, Austin didn't
0: all right. Austin, so we move to
1: the I was just gonna say like Austin didn't really roll out their uh any Cole Davis again didn't play for Austin. Um Corey Thomas, um I thought he played pretty well. Um all things considered in the loss, but uh all
0: right, we move on to the Sunday games and it started with New York playing their first home game at Hoboken against the New England Free Jacks and off well for New York, especially um, an amazing try scored by Andrew Coe in the eighth minute. To the best give try, try his, of the year uh, so far. Of the lead. Definitely try it around. And, you know, absolutely fantastic that he was able to um, continue his incredible start to the season. Um, but uh, a few moments later it was New England that was getting the scores with uh, Sam McDowell scoring and then uh, followed up with uh, the first of Odin Walker's tries. but then it seemed like be a reverse of fortune because New York scored again and not just New York, it was a second for Andrew Coe scoring in the 35th minute and, you know, it was keeping it tight, keeping it close, so all the difference was a uh by Sam Windsor instead of the conversion, which gave the halftime score for New York is uh, 15, New England 14. And then immediately out of the box, uh, Bowden walker scores another try. Two minutes later, O'Connor scores a try. So we're keeping everything really close, really tight. And then just within the final 10 minutes, it all goes New England's way. Uh, Johnson scores a try on the 70th minute. And then New York were really um, pressuring New England, looking to get that try that would, um, if not given the lead, get them back within um, the chance to score again. And then all of that turns on its head as Bodenwalker gets the ball, gets another try and, you know, the results all the same. Um, but then, very strangely, towards the end, it's a line out to the Free Jacks, and the clock's gone red, and yet New England continue to play. And what happens? New York get the turnover, they pass it out, they get a final try to get them the try bonus point. And, you know, we're saying this now of like, oh, we've still got, what did they say about? Uh, 11 weeks left or uh, 11 or 13 weeks left of the uh, season 13 because it was 18 weeks don't ask, don't ask me to do math yeah and you were doing math earlier and I was trusting everything you said <laughs> um so yeah we have uh, 13 weeks left of the regular season and you know at this point of time bonus points may not make a difference but you know come towards that uh, week 16 week 17 mark you may be uh, really grateful So the fact that uh, New England just kept playing, very strange to me. All the same, though, it was a fantastic day. Um, Hoboken Stadium. Okay, it's a high school stadium. Um, As a result, no alcohol could be sold, which uh, a few fans weren't happy about on social media. But you could see from the broadcast there were people watching the community, like tennis courts behind. And everyone was lining up and just like watching this game. And they've even shown on the Rugby New York social media account of them doing the wave along the stands and then people on a terrace joining in as well. And, you know, obviously capacity is limited. I'm not entirely sure what the capacity for this stadium is. They it said they sold it out. It's a back. They did say they sold it out, but yeah. they never said the number of which they sold it out. So I'm I'm saying generously, it would probably be about 2,000 people. Yeah. Well, but when probably... you have all that interest from people watching, you know, that's new fans, and yeah. um you know, Does... and there's already been talk of development of JFK State of um JFK Stadium, which is in which is where they are at, being renovated and becoming similar to where San Diego playing now, that it's a field on top of a building. Um, but hopefully, even just by um these people watching, you're getting new fans interested. So that's when New York do have to move to a new stadium with a bigger capacity, these fans will be the ones that will be able to come along and enjoy their team and also pay tickets as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like,
1: I actually, like, I mean, I actually really thought, I thought the stadium actually looked really cool like on TV. Um, It does look good. on. It it actually looks great on TV. I thought like, I saw I know like I saw like some people like kind of complaining
0: about it and stuff. And I mean I get the I get the lines
1: thing. I get yeah, that, that bothers
0: That's the people. thing. That's confused. I Although get that that bothers the, people. the commentary did say we're following like the yellow lines, which was all on like, the outside. And obviously, yeah. if you saw where the flags were, you know where to be looking I mean, at. Yeah. Again, it's one of these things that is also an athletics tracker around it as well. So there's even bigger distance between yeah. the I mean, talking and the action so I think it looks
1: nicer than a baseball field though oh like, yeah I think it looks I think it aesthetically I think it looks a bit nicer than that it looks nicer than you know the, the illusion that you have like a massive dirt pathway in the middle of the, the pitch even though even though that yeah. baseball team didn't actually play with dirt there um, but yeah like I thought this like I saw I thought it like it looks cool on TV Like, it looks like, it looks like, like, I guess I know it's in New Jersey, but I was like, it looks like the New York level of like any sports video game or whatever.
0: Like, you know, I I, I get, I get in the fact that there's um, like buildings and like accommodation all around it. And yeah, like it looked like like, this is the one area. So this is where all the sports take place.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it was like. There's obviously like there was like the tennis courts on one side and then there was like, is it another tennis court or it looked like a like a, maybe like a small basketball court, like a yeah, basketball seemed... court like toward the right hand side.
0: Yeah, it seems to be like community area because there was uh, you can see some people playing tennis. You can see another tennis court that was empty and it seemed to be on the end. I don't know if it was like, just an open tennis court or. Yeah, yeah. It was just huge, yeah I don't know if he were like meant to be lining up waiting for the tennis court and they were just like, like yeah it's like watch the but it's like you know there's there also like a kid's playground a bit further back that I could see yeah. as well so so it'd be like if um parents wanted something to do whilst their kids were playing on the, the jungle gym and stuff like that it's like yeah Timmy you're doing great stop crying watching the game <laughs> yeah but yeah, exactly. Like it looks co- It's cool to see like the people that are just
1: like in the neighborhood or on the, like on the street, you know, yeah. lined up on like the cages there to kind of yeah. watch the game. It was cool to see. I don't know whatever that building is. Is that a bar or is that just like an apartment building? I don't think they didn't really say what it was on the bar. I don't have no idea what that building is. But that building no. where like all the people were like watching like on the roof, like that's, yeah, super, that's no idea what cool. it was.
0: But you know, yeah, that, that's the thing. What. If that's, it is a rental space, then Rugby New York needs to like I've, rent it out for those whatever, uh, occasions. Whatever it is, I hope
1: those people like keep going back because that's actually like, that's really cool. Well, uh um, if it's accommodation,
0: they hopefully will keep going back. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, if they, they live, live there, there
1: hopefully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but like, um, any even like, you know, kind of when they showed that wide angle, and again, like knowing that it is in New Jersey anyways but it's like you can see like the new york skyline yeah like with the empire state building and like above like uh, you know beyond the stadium like it actually like i mean in all like visually from this it's like the only couple like i get people don't like the lines and it does look weird having i think for any professional sports team it looks bizarre Having yeah. a different team's logo like at the middle of your pitch, right? And, uh, and like the scoreboard said, like home of the Red Wings, yeah, um, on it, which is like that is kind of weird when, for a professional sports team to have like a different team's like branding
0: all over their own pitch. Well, um, then again, the Arrows have had that, York Lions when they played at Alumni Field, so yeah, no,
1: yeah, not, not, um,
0: not the weird. I mean,
1: it's not either. uncommon or whatever, um, but yeah. It's yeah no, that's an excellent point. Like it's not um, it's it isn't uncommon. It isn't uncommon, obviously, especially when these teams are playing at schools and stuff, right? Yeah, now, they obviously are. But I think like I thought aesthetically, though, the stadium looked really cool. It felt very New York. I know it's in New Jersey, but it did feel like very like this is how I picture like a like New York kind of being sometimes. Um, so I did like that. Um, the uh, then I don't. know. Uh, the no alcohol thing, I guess, was the other big complaint. I mean, that doesn't personally bother me, but I know it seems like some people are kind of disappointed at that. Um, but the game itself, the game itself, let's go to the game itself. Sam Windsor and, and Andrew Cole got that kick pass to work, which was... Yeah, and
0: that cross field kick.
1: Yeah, that was outstanding. Um, you know what? Maybe, maybe, just theorizing, maybe the football lines helped Cole stay on side because he can see where Windsor is the whole time going across.
0: Just, okay. maybe
1: maybe new york's on to something i don't know maybe. um maybe. i don't but yeah ko stays on side this week and makes a really nice like diving catch in the in the in in the in goal area too yeah um, that was perfect that was so nice um ko obviously lightning down the sideline or down the touch line again later in the game another so big two try performance for him Great to kind of see great to see Cole like kind of coming into his own in this league and it looks like he's going to start to put up some uh some big numbers. He's been playing well all year and it's this pro- this might probably his best game of the year so far. Obviously, he had two tries in it, so um, but he is playing well on defense. Um, before going to like the the New England Canadians, um, um, so like Nawadi comes into the game and they put up and they have him like lining up at like flanker in some of the scrums. Which was interesting. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, that's one word for it.
1: Yeah, and then I was kind of trying to watch like how he was playing after, and it just and it seemed like he kind of just dropped sort of back into the defensive line or dropped back into the the attack. I don't know if they're trying to use him as like a flanker that would be playing up more out wide during your attacking structure, but like, um, that seemed that seemed kind of odd when I saw him kind of in in the pack and, um, but. Yeah, so that was interesting. Um, New England, though, um, obligatory. Josh Larson is uh, is amazing. Yeah, um, statement. Uh, jo- yeah, once again, um, doing everything for New England. Somehow not drawing drawing a card for being punched in the face. Uh, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> wrong. Yeah, so uh, but you know, moving on. Either way. Um, didn't let that bother him. He had unreal work rate, you know, just, he's, he's just, he's been a beast this year. Um, you know, foster do it. I thought played, played pretty well too. He held his, held his own in the scrum. He played at hooker, but then also moved to loose head at a certain point in the game too. Um, so, you know, kind of nice to see him kind of with the, the front row versatility a little bit. That's obviously a good skill to kind of develop, um, and uh, Reeves played well. Oh, Gorman came in in the 50th minute, giving us the nice all Canadian engine room that we love. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and they they all played uh, they all played pretty well. Reeves had some nice moments, had some good like you know they had him on the wing in this game, and you know he had some nice like line breaks and some good moments of defense as well. So, um, right, it's just uh, you know kind of got outshined by the other the the Canadian, winger on the other squad during this game. Yeah,
0: no, it is what it is. Yep. Yeah
1: last game.
0: I think we shall. So, we go to the final game of the weekend and this was San Diego versus DC. And predictably, San Diego got off to a good start. It was I believe 17-0 at yep. half time. Yeah, it was and looking good. DC uh, got an intercept and got the seven-pointer from that, and then got another try, unable to get the conversion. Suddenly, it's 17-12. And then the question started going, like, DC couldn't, could they? or that, <laughs> they didn't. It was San Diego who got another try, and the conversion as well, to take the final score to San Diego 24, DC 12. DC now enter the bye week, having played five games, and leave without a single point. Oh, do they have a buy this week? They do.
1: Oh, good for them. They they need it. Then
0: yeah.
1: go to the Bahamas too, boys. Yeah, Just, uh, take your mind off of it. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, punishing yeah. game.
1: But yeah, you know it's uh it's tough. I thought um you know San Diego like Smith's been playing well. Um, he had a nice. You know, he had, he had a nice, like, run and support line in the build-up to Moriani's try. Um, you know, continue. I, I like seeing that he, uh, you know, continues to develop. San Diego kind of came out, though, guns blazing on the, the Canadian front. We got, uh, we got our first Kanoa Lloyd start. Um, uh, Pat Linott came into the game in the 69th minute and uh, Jason Higgins came in in the 69th minute as well. Josh Thiel came in in the 74th minute. Um, So we got the full complement of the San Diego Legion Canadians in this game, and they won, which is not a coincidence at all. Uh, All of them played pretty well. Um, You know, it's uh, hopefully... Hopefully, the sign. Jason Higgins looks like he just showed up based on his social media. It looks like he kind of just showed up to the team within the last like two weeks or so. Yeah. So I thought, like, yeah. So it's nice to see this. is. I, so it's nice to see the full complement of the uh, San Diego Legion Canadians come into this game and uh, make an impact and pick up a big win as we, you know, continue to move forward.
0: The fourth round of the Six Nations will be shown on the zone this weekend. But remember that the Wales versus France game will be held on Friday. That's a Friday fixture. We also have the Premiership and URC that will be shown on Sportsnet. Super Rugby Pacific will be shown on TSN. Uh, Japan League One, you can find that on the Rugby Network, as well as the non-Arrows MLR games. And if you are looking for the Arrows game, it will be versus New England this Saturday at 4.30pm Eastern Time on the TSN website and at so, Derek, we are entering around six of predictions, and we're getting you know, pretty close when it comes to scores now. You've got uh, 16 correct, 13 wrong. I've got 15 correct, 14 wrong. Tony, 13 correct, 16 wrong. Neither, but neither one we, of us is doing very well this year. We're not doing... We're equally bad. I yeah, think we're has, uh, or equally bad. good. Or equally good. That's, let's keep it optimistic. No, no, because we're all doing poorly. Like, we're all, like, just... At like 500 basically. Yeah, And you say I complain a lot Okay the first round we have this week Is ATL versus Austin The two A's Derek who are you picking Oh man There's some unreal matchups
1: This weekend Like this is this is a good week um, ooh. <sighs> You know what this is going to be one of my ATL's at home yeah. They have more Canadians.
0: Okay, you're going with ATL? Yeah, I'll go with ATL. Might be all wrong. right. Probably going to be wrong, but I'll go with them. Now, I have the feeling that ATL is probably going to be a team that can get a win against Austin, but at the same time, it's been proven that Austin can turn the game around. I mean, just look at this week just gone. We've had uh, LA taking the lead. They hadn't scored at all in the first half, and then they blitz it in the second I mean, the evidence is there. I have to go with Austin. All right, the second game we have is New England versus Toronto. They're coming off a bye week. They're going to be refreshed and uh, reinvigorated. Toronto, it is.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Toronto too. Um, Manly, I, I, I just I can never pick a Boston team to beat a Toronto team. That'll never happen in any sporting prediction pool. No.
0: Okay, third game we have is Houston versus Seattle. Derek,
1: who are you picking? Ooh. This is a tough one. It is tough one. So this is the type of game where I should say draw, unlike last week where I said draw <laughs> and then won by 47 points. Um you want to pick draw again, or are you oh, gonna no. pick an actual oh, team? i no. will go with the actual teams. Uh I think I'm going to go with Houston solely because they're the home team and for no other reason. I think this game's pretty even, so I'll give Houston the edge just because they're at home.
0: Yeah, I think the seawall has been chipped and cracked at. I, the, uh, I think Houston are able to identify where um gap can be found, as as was shown against Atlanta. So I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with Houston as well. All right, next up we have Dallas versus Nola. In and, Dallas. Uh, this is in Dallas. Huh.
1: This is another one that feels hard, but I don't know if it should feel hard. Hmm. Mm. I think it's one of those games where it's like I kind of want to see Dallas's lineup because I feel like if Dallas arrests guys like Aptomannum and stuff again, I don't think they're gonna win. I'm gonna go. Can I go partial pick? <laughs> if Abdulmonem no. plays, I'm like, picking Dallas. If monom doesn't play, I'm is this gonna... because
0: last week you said I'm never choose against uh, Ben Lasage, and then you find out Ben Lasage is injured, so can't be selected?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he did. Yeah, exactly. I still. Yeah, that's there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. I assumed uh, Ben Lasage would be playing for LA, and I was wrong. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I'm good. They're. I'm going to trust that Mo's going to play. I'll go with Dallas.
0: You know, I I think now that they've gotten a win under their belts, I think they can uh, get back to their golden ways again. So I'll be going with Nola. See, that's weirdly the reason why I think Nola's going to lose. <laughs> so they got their win last week. <laughs> okay, for the fifth round, we have New York, and they will be hosting San Diego. Now, this one, this one feels like a close matchup i mean mm-hmm. new york losing their home opener i don't feel that'll do anything against them san diego they've already got a loss this season so far as well mm-hmm. and and it is in new york as well and i think it'll be another good atmosphere i'm gonna go in new york i'll take san diego then that leads us to the final game of the round a replay of the 2021 western conference Final. L.A. versus Utah at the Coliseum. Derek, who do you have? Um, huh. Like you said, this is a good matchup week.
1: Yeah, it's a very good matchup week. Yeah, it's tough. I think, man, I kind of, because L.A.'s obviously got some injuries. And, like, I... I I think I want – if LA's has a lineup that we know that they can put forward, I would say LA. But I think like – I guess it depends on how many guys they get back. And if, if Utah comes out and plays like they did last week against them, then I, I, I think – I don't know. I think I'll go with Utah.
0: I think I'll take Utah on this one. Get a little yeah. bit of revenge. I mean, that's fair. Although the last time they did play, Utah did get the win. Then again – um, during the regular season, that was round 18, and LA had already confirmed that they were gonna be the uh yeah. home team. And then the and then LA moment. smoked them the next week in the final. Yeah. Actually, um, well, they didn't smoke them, they uh, just gotta try in the final few minutes to get them through huh. to the final. Either way, um you know, they did say that um Justice Sears Duru was only being rested for the weekend is gone. So hopefully he should be back in the squad as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's going to be some changes with the lineup. It's going to be far more what we've seen so far. Yeah. Again, I'm not expecting um, uh, DTH Vandermeer to be starting anytime soon, but um, I am expecting a more familiar LA side. So I will be going with Los Angeles. Yeah. I was going to say, this is a, uh... The one downside
1: to, um, you know, recording the podcast when we do earlier in the week gets to get it out on Wednesday. No idea what these lineups are when we're making these. Oh, lineups, of course not.
0: Which is also kind of the fun part about it. Well, also, probably well, to be we're... honest, Derek, we, Derek, we can make this prediction five minutes before the first kickoff of the first game, yeah, and we still probably wouldn't have the team list for like half the games anyway. So we may as well go blind for all of them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and if And if you, uh dear watcher or listener, are wondering where are the Toonies picks? Well you can find them on our brand new TikTok account at LaRouge Rugby. We post not only the Toonies picks, we also repost our picks here as well. If you want more bite-sized information. In fact, you can find us across all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at LaRouge Rugby. If you enjoyed this episode and you're listening, you can listen to more on either Spotify or Anchor FM. And if you like watching our beautiful faces, you can find more of our episodes on our YouTube channel, again, at La Rouge Rugby. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, you can see our social media handles underneath our faces. But if you're listening, you obviously can't. So, Derek, where can the lovely people find you?
1: Uh, at ResetTheJet, uh, across all social media. Um, Stu, you always spell your name. Uh, my name seems kind of complicated. So, B-R-E-S-S-E-T-T-E, The Jet across everything
0: and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hardman spelled h 4 rdman well Derek I think that's it for this week's pod again there's been no Arrows game so it hasn't gone on for uh, an hour and a half as we usually do but thank you for joining me and thank you for joining us for this episode of the podcast we hope you can join us again next time